0: Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. I'm excited about this fourth lesson because we're going to talk about how important it is to break busy in our minds because we can do everything we've learned to this point. Remember, we learned that the vast majority of Americans say they're busier every year. They feel like they're drowning in their busyness, and I'm sure the majority of us have felt that. We're part of that vast majority, and so in lessons one, two, and three, we showed you how to break busy, in our in your life. And I thought, man, if we don't if we don't deal with the mind, uh, no matter what we do in our everyday life, it's going to be sabotaged. So we're going to talk about dealing with our minds today, and I remember a story, this is an event in our life, Gene and I, our kids were young and we dished our boys off to one couple and our girls off to another and we had our first vacation alone in a long time. This is many years ago. We were so excited about it and we get to our destination and we have the first night. I wake up the next day and I receive a phone call from a local pastor here in town and he dropped some bad news on me and I can't deal with it while I'm away and now I know I have to deal with it when I get back. So I I prayed, I know cast all your cares on God and I gave it to God, but it was like he threw it back on me. It's like I couldn't get rid of it and then an hour or so later I received a second call. It was from someone totally different and it was another problem. It had to do with my personal life that I I would have to work on with family when I got back. And I'm like, now I have two of them. I'm trying to give them to God, but he's not keeping them. And they keep coming back on me. And it literally ruined that vacation. We had it, but it wasn't relaxing. It wasn't the blessing that I thought it would be. Then I come back and it ruined my, my weeks, when I came back, it ruined quite a few weeks and I'm trying to have a nice margin in my life. I'm practicing Sabbath like we talked about and, and that is just stirring me up. So I had to go back to the drawing board because I knew the principles, I knew the scriptures, but it wasn't working. It worked for little things, but when it was something bigger, it just wasn't working. And I just couldn't get that to God. And so I wanna show you what I learned. And that's not the only thing that ca- can cause unrest inside. There's uh, three major things. So we wanna look at those three things today. And I have a big idea for this lesson. And this kind of presents the problem that we're gonna remind ourselves of, and I'm gonna show you how to solve it. And it goes like this. You'll sabotage your Sabbath if you don't settle your mind. You, you and I have to learn to have peace on the inside, and this is not easy to do. Listen to Ecclesiastes 4.6. Here's what the Bible says. Better one handful with tranquility, that's a rested mind. It goes on to say, then two handfuls with toil, and that Hebrew word can mean trouble, misery, worry, and then chasing after the wind. Chasing after the wind is being really busy chasing things. And I I don't think that impacts the majority of us here, but I'll tell you what, here's what God's saying. You're better to have less with tranquility than to have more without it. And God's not saying you can't have both. You can have your cake and eat it too. You You can be blessed and have tranquility. But he says, if you have to choose, you should go for tranquility. Why? Because If you don't, it will sabotage your Sabbath, and also it's going to impact your very life. Another reason we wanna do Sabbath is so that we can be healthy. And listen to what the Bible says here in Proverbs 14, 30. A relaxed attitude, that would be a settled mind, tranquility, lengthens a man's life. Isn't that cool? We can literally add years to our life, but jealousy rots it away. And jealousy is just one of many things that cause anxiety on the inside of us. We could pull the word jealousy out. We could put the word bitterness in. We can pull that word out. We could place the word worry in there. And all it's saying is if we're not settled on the inside, it's taking years off of our life. I like the way the Good News translation uh, interprets this. It says this, peace of mind makes the body healthy, but jealousy is like a cancer. Worry is like a cancer. Any turmoil on the inside is like a cancer, why? Well, it's taking years from us, and the science backs this up, and it's important for us to understand, the science backs this up. So I know, speaking to a group like I'm speaking to, uh, many of you are eating clean diets, and we all have different idea of what a clean diet is, right? Paleo, keto, vegan, vegetarian. And many of you are exercising, but isn't it a shame you can do all that. And if you don't learn to settle the mind, you will sabotage all those good things you're doing too. And here's some, here's some stats. This is research. I've shared these a couple years ago in a message. I just wanted to bring them back for this one, just to show us how important it is to learn to break busy in our minds. Here's the first one. 75 to 90% of all doctor's office visits are for stress-related ailments. You're not going in there saying, I'm stressed. You're going in there with cancer. You're going in there with other major problems. And the the science says the reason for that is stress. And here's why. Listen to this study. Stress destroys and weakens your immune system. So that's what's going on. It's weakening our immune system, which shortens our Life. That's why 75 to 90% of all doctor's visits are stress related. Uh, here's another one from Penn State University. Stress increases the risk of all chronic diseases. So, can you see how important it is to settle our mind and to be at peace on the inside and to learn not just to deal with worry, but the other two things we're going to talk about today? This last stat really bugged me years ago when I learned it because. Uh, before I met the Lord, like my father, I was a chain smoker. My dad smoked three packs of cigarettes a day. I smoked three packs of cigarettes a day. And my brother, Tony, he was odd. He smoked three cigarettes a day. He would just have three a day. I never met anyone that could just do that. And, and, and so uh, when I met Jesus, I stopped smoking, but I really didn't stop smoking. I actually kept smoking, but I didn't know it. And this stat lets you know why. Listen to this. Stress produces a 27% higher risk of heart attack. It produces the same effect as smoking five cigarettes a day. So I stopped, but I didn't stop. And the same thing that five cigarettes a day would have done to me, and that 27% increase was happening because I didn't know how to manage my inner peace. And so that's why this is so important. Remember, you'll sabotage your Sabbath if you don't, Settle your mind. So we want to make sure we're at peace on the inside and we're resting there because here we are taking a day off and having some rest. And if we don't deal with that mind, we won't rest at all. So I came up with this thought. I want to share the three peace releasing practices. There's three of them. One of them has to do with worry. We'll deal with it second. But I want to deal with this first one. This first one is a big one. And and it's this. We need to learn to practice contentment. And you're going to find out whether or not you're content as we go through this. Because if we're not content, we're always going to have anxiety on the inside. So here's what Paul said. Paul, he wrote a letter to a church in Philippi they gave to his ministry. And so he's writing to thank them. And then in thanking them, after he thanks them, he says this, Philippians 4.11, not that I was ever in need, Now that's not true, he had great financial need, but he's not talking about the financial need that they met, he says this, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. So what he's saying is, it wasn't good on the outside, but I was at peace on the inside, I was content. Listen to verse 12, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach, or an empty stomach. And he's not saying he clipped coupons, nothing wrong with that. He's not saying I learned how to find internet deals You know, and, and shop for, with less money. That's not what he's saying. He's saying I learned how to be at rest. Listen to this, I've learned how to be content no matter what's going on around me. I've learned the secret. He calls it a secret. And this is something that I had to understand. So we're talking about three peace releasing principles. One is contentment. And I just wanna make sure we understand contentment. I want us to walk out of here seeing it really clearly. So I wanna share with you what I call the three secrets of contentment. But before I do, I wanna make sure we're all on the same page with contentment. What is it? So here's the definition. Contentment is not laziness, apathy, complacency, or lack of ambition. Contentment is enjoying what we have rather than waiting for something else to happen in order to be happy. It doesn't mean we don't know there's something better or what we're going through is bad. It's coming to a place where we've learned to be at peace no matter what's going on around us. So I wanna make sure you don't think contentment's shutting down and saying, I'm just gonna accept everything. I'm gonna accept mediocrity. No, contentment is saying, hey, I'm going to go on. I'm going to do everything I need to do. I realize what's going on isn't good, but I'm going to learn to be at peace even as I walk through it until I get to the other side. That's what contentment is. So here's the first of three secrets, guys. And and this was one I really had to, I was not doing this years ago. We have to stop comparing ourselves with others. And, And that is so easy to do. And I, I've noticed we compare ourselves for two reasons. One would be insecurity. We're, we need to deal with insecurity. The other is competitiveness. So some of you are like me. You have to deal with competitiveness. And in others, uh, you may have the insecurity. And in others, you may have settled this. This might not even be an issue in your life. But we have to stop comparing ourselves with people. So for me, my hard wiring was competitiveness. And I, I'll tell you, it caused a lot of stress in our marriage the first 10 years, Gina can tell you, because she's not competitive. She doesn't care if she wins a card game or not, but it's like, I have to win. And when our kids were young, uh, you know, we play board games, and I wouldn't let them win. And Gina would, she would take me aside and say, What's wrong with you? Joey's five. And I say, I say, Life is tough, honey. He's gonna have to learn. He can't always win, right? She goes, That's not why you're doing it. I go, well, I said, honey, I can't lose. She goes, but it's your little boy. And I said, I just can't lose. I, I, I couldn't allow Michelle and Deanna or Dave, any of them. I couldn't allow any of them to win a game. So here's how much I've grown. I now allow my grandkids to win games. So <laughs> yay, I've grown. And it, I caused so much tension in our marriage because I was so competitive in so many different ways. And you just have to come to a place to, here's what I had to realize. Some people are more gifted than myself or than, 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 any, than any of us. Some people are just more gifted. So, you know, when it comes to what I do, church, if someone had a bigger church than me, I loved them, but it's like, I gotta beat them. I gotta beat them. I gotta beat these guys. And so that's competitiveness. And then I'm, on, I'm not rested inside because like, well, I can't rest till I beat them. And, and so it just causes this, Angst. Now, others, it might be insecurity and shame that you feel. It can be all kinds of different things. And so we have to come to a place where we realize, say, some people are more gifted. Some people have, they're just born with better genes, aren't they? Some people, you know, don't you hate the people that can eat anything and never gain a pound? It's like, we hate you. And so, and so just joking, just joking. But, but, but some people are just you know, they just have something we don't have. But here's, here's what God wants us to do. Listen, guys, Galatians 6.4, let everyone be sure that he is doing his very best, for then he will have the personal satisfaction of work well done and won't need to compare himself with someone else. And this is how God had to grow me. And, and I had a lot of anxiety in my life over this problem of comparing myself with others. So that's the first secret of contentment. Here's the second. We have to stop looking to things and people for fulfillment. And and this is really important. When when I was a young guy and when we were first married, just always drove an older car and you know had a car that uh, was 10 years old or so. And I used to think, if I could just have a brand new car, doesn't even have to be a great car, just a new car, Life would be amazing. And that's how I'm thinking, you know, years ago. And uh, I remember getting that first new car. It was just an average car. And you know, before that new car smell dissipated, um, that car, I realized, didn't change my life at all. It was the same as if I were driving any other car. And I realized there was no fulfillment or contentment in anything on this planet. And you know what, it's the same with people. I remember when I was single, I used to think, if I could just get married, life would be perfect and so much better, right? And and I used to pray, Jesus, don't come back till I find my wife, you know? I I wanna be married. And then I got married and God blessed me with an amazing wife. But you know what I realized after I was married and Gina realized it too? I can't bring her fulfillment and she could not bring me fulfillment. And you realize no person can do that and it can only come from God. That's the only place we'll have contentment and fulfillment. And I love this scripture. Listen to this, 1 Peter 1.8. You love him, Jesus, even though you have never seen him, though not seeing him, you trust him. And even now you are happy with the inexpressible joy that comes from heaven itself, from God. And listen to verse nine. And your further reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your soul. So we're looking forward to that day, right? God calls it a reward, but notice how he says, a further or a second reward, which means it is a reward, guys, to find that inexpressible joy that only comes from heaven. And so the only place to have fulfillment is through God. And I had to learn that, that nothing on this earth, no person can bring it to me. And it's just not one more thing. If I had just one more thing or one more person, nope, it comes from God. And that's exciting. And that's where I learned to be at peace in that area of my life. Here's the next one. And this was tough for me. You have to start practicing gratefulness. And this is something that was really difficult for me to be grateful, because I was born, and I tell myself a lot, I know that. Gina sometimes says, how do you have so many stories? And I say, say, God knew I was gonna be a pastor and I need to share stories. I I need to have things to overcome, right? So he gives me all these things to overcome. I was born, this is my wiring, I'm not kidding, I've overcome it, but I was born with the the, uh, idea of seeing a glass half empty. I could not see a glass half full. It was impossible. And I would just find the negative in, it, in everything. And that was another stress in our early marriage because I just, I would just, I'd talk tell Gina, no matter what happened, I'd see the negative in it. And, and it just was a stressful atmosphere in our home. I said, can't you see that? You know, can't you see this? Can't you see that? And I even taught the Bible by pulling the negative out of the Bible. Uh, I, I would teach a verse from the negative point of view. And you can see, if you've been here any length of time, God has taken me through that to where you see what I pull out of the scriptures. Because you know what? God has helped me see the glass half full, but that took a long time, and it's impossible to, to be content until we realize, hey, we have to see that glass half full. And the way to do that is to become thankful. And that's what I had to begin to practice. And I love this scripture. It, it superseded my wiring. It goes like this, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Be thankful in all circumstances. That is what God wants from you in your life in union with Christ. I like that. So if you're a Christian, you're in union with Christ, Here's what pleases God for us to become thankful. Not for bad things, it says just in all your circumstances. So, whatever circumstance you're going through, find something positive to give thanks about. So, here, negative Joe, Gina, you know, Gina was uh, grateful Gina, and I was negative Joe, or negative Ned, really. And, and uh, so here I am, and God had to teach me just to begin to thank him for the littlest things and for everything. And no matter what's going on in our lives as Christians, isn't it true? We can always thank him for our salvation. We can always thank him that he saved us, set us free, delivered us, heaven's our future home, God's our father. He recreated us, we have eternal life. Can we give it up for God just for a moment and say thank you for that? We can walk through our day saying thank you for those things. But you know what, I've learned to just thank him for the littlest of things. Just anything I see, I just say thank you, Lord, for that. And and I superseded my hard wiring and guess what that does? Contentment brings peace. So so that's the first peace releasing principle. Learning to be content. I do want to remind you that Anything that comes up on PowerPoint, you, you can go to believers.cc, put this lesson on or go to the Believers Church app, put this lesson on and just click notes and everything that's on the PowerPoint will come up. Great meditation for this coming week just to go over some of these principles. Here, here's the second peace releasing principle. We need to practice giving God our worries and, and we really do. It will be awkward at first and remember how I talked about that vacation. I was giving it to him but it was coming right back on me. And here's the scripture that I knew, but I didn't see a part of it that God had to open my eyes up to. 1 Peter 5, 7, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. So the part that stood out to me was give it to God, give it to God. But the part he had to open my eyes up to, which changed my life, is that he cares about me. Isn't that amazing? He cares about us. And I had to see that so clearly. Remember Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount, in the Sermon on the Mount, how Jesus said, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow. They don't reap. I mean, they're kind of lazy, right? He said, but, but God supplies all their food. And he says, God cares more about you than he does those birds of the air. You're more precious than they are. Then he said, look at the flowers of the field. Solomon, the richest man that ever lived on planet Earth, had to have quite a wardrobe. He said he didn't have any clothing that was close to how God dresses those flowers of the field. And if God loves those flowers, how much more does he love you? Jesus said he loves you way more. Do you realize that every single one of you listening right now, everybody, that you are the apple of God's eye? Isn't that amazing? You're the most incredible thing. He loves you like you cannot imagine. And if you had multiple kids, you understand that that's possible even for humans, right? Because we had four children and I loved them all the same. And and so God is God and God loves every one of us exactly the same. And this is what released me when I realized he loves me so much. He cares about me so much that when I give him something, I can trust him to take care of it, and he is going to take care of it. And that changed my very life when I could see that, and I began to realize whatever I give him, he's gonna begin to work on it, he's gonna see it through, he's gonna give me the wisdom I need to deal with it. And so I began to be able to practice this next two verses, and, and it just began to work for me, it began to click. It was awkward at first, it didn't seem to work at first. Philippians 4, 6 reads, don't worry about anything, Instead, pray about everything, tell God your needs, and don't forget to thank him for his answers. I had to see how much he loved me, but I began to practice this, and whatever problem would come into my life, I'd say, God, I don't know how to deal with this. God, this is a big deal. I wanna give it to you, and I just ask you to fix it. Give me the wisdom so I know what to do, because we have to do some things, but I don't even know what to do. Well, Lord, I'm gonna do my best, but I need you to get involved and you just give it to him, and it's amazing when you understand how much he cares for you and you give it to him, what he begins to do. And that's why that last part's so important that we thank him for the answer, because here's what happens. You have a big problem in your life, you give it to God, and a half hour later, those thoughts are gonna hit you, right, the same, problem. those thoughts are gonna hit you. An hour later, they're gonna hit you. So this is where it was awkward and mechanical at first. So what we begin to do is we just begin to thank him that he heard our prayer. And every time you thank him that he heard your prayer, that's gonna take that burden and put it right back where it needs to be. And you might have to do it a lot at first, you might have to do it the next day, five days later, whenever, just give it to God. And what begins to happen is it's gonna stay there because that thanksgiving is gonna knock all the worry out of your head. That's why the next verse says this, take a look at this, verse seven. If you do this, you will experience God's peace which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your heart quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. That trust is a big deal, right? Because we know he loves us and he really cares about us. Literal Greek says that the peace will come up from here and it will mount a garrison around your brain and it will protect you. And even when people look at us and say, how can you be at peace? You just look at them and say, I can't understand it but I'm at peace because I gave this to God and God is dealing with it and I know he's dealing with it. Now, Gina and I were just talking the other day. We heard some bad news the other day and it didn't even bother us. It was like, we, we were like, wow, because we gave it to God. We said, God, we trust you to take care of this and we just went on with our day. And if we have to do some things, you know, we're not gonna like an ostrich put our head in the sand. We, we do our part, but we just we said, wow, that, that just become, it's become like just a habit. It's a muscle memory where you just give it to God and you watch God begin to do what only God can do. That's the second peace-releasing principle. And I wanna say it one more time. It won't be natural at first. Some of you are experts at it, but it will not be natural at first. But you keep going at it. You keep giving thanks. It's gonna bring peace. You're gonna break busy in your mind. So contentment, we have to practice it. Giving God our worries. Here's the third one. We have to practice positive thinking. And this is when we don't have a problem. Just begin to practice positive thinking. And this will supersede our worry, our wiring, everything about us. And I'm not talking about the secular po- uh, positive thinking, and I'm not saying that's bad. I'm talking about Bible positive thinking. And here's our scripture, Isaiah 26:3. You will keep in perfect peace, God, all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. And it's just coming to a place, it's kind of like gratefulness, it's very similar, but it's coming to a place to where we just trust God and we look to God as the one that's over us and protecting us. And we just stay focused on the fact that God is for us and not against us. And if he be for us, who can be against us? And we keep our focus on that and talk about releasing peace into your heart when you trust God in that way. So I I thought of a, I wanna share a quote with you, but I wanna make sure you understand who Corey Ten Boom is. She was a Christian during World War II and her parents and her family, they would hide Jewish people that the Nazis were going to gas in the chambers. So they would hide them. But then they were discovered by the Nazis and the Nazis took them captive. And there's a great movie called The Hiding Place about their life. Well, Corey survived and her whole family was killed. Can you imagine? She's powerful and she has some incredible things to say about God. And she has a quote that really impacted my life and it goes like this. If you look at the world, you'll be distressed. Isn't that true, the world we live in, right? Uh, If you look within, you'll be depressed. Can we all agree there's no answers in here, right? But if you look at Christ, you will be at rest. And just knowing that he's bigger than everything in this world, He is great, he is amazing, he is awesome. And I wanna say it one more time, he is on your side. And these are the three peace-releasing principles. And if we can learn to walk in these, we won't sabotage our Sabbath and we'll begin to walk in peace. So I did this once, but I'm gonna do it again. I love getting us excited about this. How many of us are excited that God loves us and cares about us? Can we just give it up one more time? I'm excited about it, I'm excited about it. How about this? How many of you are excited that you can walk in peace on the inside? There's a few of you, uh, you're, you know, you're newer, it's like, that can happen? You can have inner peace? Yeah, you can have inner peace and it's a beautiful place to be. So let's bow our heads, let's close our eyes. Father, <clears throat> I did my best to bring this part of, of this series out, this lesson, and Lord, we thank you for helping us break busy in our lives. And we thank you too right now for helping us break busy in our minds. And Lord, we thank you for helping us practice contentment. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for helping us practice giving you our cares. And thank you for helping us practice that positive thinking where our mind is on you and how great you are. Father, I just thank you for every one of us listening right now, growing in this area of our lives. And heads are bowed, eyes are closed, guys. Can we practice part of this sermon right now? And if there's something that's been eating on you and it's been on your mind and it's bothering you, it's a circumstance, a situation, maybe with a relationship, maybe with finances, maybe physically, whatever it is, maybe your job, your business, whatever it is, would you just right now, we can do it by whispering, but just would you give that to God and say, God, I'm going to give this to you right now. And I ask you to fix it. I ask you to give me wisdom for what I need to do. And Lord, I thank you that you care about me. And I'm just giving this thing over to you right now. And Lord, just let them know. Say, I thank you that you took it. And I'm going to thank you. The rest of this day, and every time a negative thought comes, I'm going to thank you, Lord. We're going to thank you, Lord, for dealing with this thing. In Jesus' precious name. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I believe God's ministering life to people right now. God's ministering freedom to some of you, freedom that you have just desired. He's he's bringing it to some of your hearts right now. Lord, I thank you for that peace that just supersedes our understanding. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Hey, maybe you walked in here today and you weren't sure of your forever. I just taught what we can have as Christians, as God's kids. We can have internal peace. So I want to ask you a question. What have you done with Jesus? Growing up in America, I think almost all of us know who he is. Many of you might have grew up in church Uh, Many of us know who he is. Many of us know, hey, Easter, he resurrected. Christmas, he was born. and That's all great. Some of you may be members of a church your whole life. That's all great. And some of you may say, I don't even believe in God anymore. And, And I want all of you to listen. Jesus came to die. He died for the sins of the entire world. After three days and three nights, God raised him up from the grave. And Jesus is alive. And he's declared whoever trusts in me, I'll give them the gift of eternal life. He said, whoever believes in me, I will save their souls. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're listening, you say, you know what? That's me. I can't remember a day when I prayed and personally asked Jesus in, but I'm ready to do it today. Would you pray with us right now? The Bible says, If you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess with your mouth that he's Lord, he will save you. So we're going to help you do that right now. And if you're praying it for the first time, TCI, Boardman, Warren, watching live on the internet, just pray this from your heart. and God will do an incredible miracle. And guys, let's help him out. Let's pray this with him. Say this after me. Father, I thank you that Jesus came to save me. I realize I was born sin-stained. That's why today I'm looking to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. God raised you out of the grave. That you're the savior. And this day, I give you my heart. I confess that you're Lord. And I make a decision to follow you. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc.